Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and today is episode 130, and we're going to celebrate uh, the, the, the Sunday of the Most Holy Trinity. This is the first Sunday after Pentecost, so this is episode 130. So if you like what I do, please subscribe and share. It would be a great help. I know I haven't been putting as many podcasts out uh, as I used to. Um, been going through a little bit of a health problem. Um, so please pray for me. Um, I really would appreciate that. Thank you. All right. So um, let's begin. The entrance antiphon is... Blessed be God the Father, and the only begotten Son of God, and also the Holy Spirit, for he has shown us his merciful love. Blessed be God the Father, and the only begotten Son of God, the Holy Spirit, for he has shown us his merciful love. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, let's begin with the act of contrition. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Okay. So now we are in the first Sunday after Pentecost. And it's... um. Holy Trinity Sunday, uh, we celebrate the the Trinity itself, which is a, a mystery and one that um, it's interesting. It's you you get um, certain groups that will question it, like uh, Jehovah Witnesses. They'll ask you to come up with the word Trinity. Where, where do you find the word Trinity in the Bible? And uh, the doctrine of the three persons. And um, you might even get some other Protestant groups that uh, question it. Um, it. It really is fascinating because it's there. You obviously see it. You obviously see the fact that the Father, uh, 
the Son and the Holy Spirit is revealed at the baptism of our Lord. You obviously hear the term that the Blessed Mother conceived, who was a virgin, conceived the child by the by the Holy Spirit. Uh, you also hear the the Father. It's really interesting how just because the term Trinity, but this is something that the early church had to give it, had to give the give it a name, give it a title, um, and give a meaning to it, give a, a, a details uh, to this belief. Why Trinity? You know. And, and yet, at the same time, it's a mystery, as it should be, just as the Incarnation is a mystery that cannot be fully explained. You know, um, the Mormons actually believe it to be um, three gods. Their, their baptism, they actually baptize their members as under three individual gods, which makes their baptism invalid. We don't believe in three gods. We believe that the Father is God, the first person. All right? We believe the second person, the Word that became flesh, that was revealed to us as the Son of God, is divine, equal to Father in His divinity, but not because because he became human, took on flesh in time, but he existed before time in the Father as, the, as a divine person and as God, the Logos, the Word. The Holy Spirit that proceeds from the unity of the Father and the Son is God also and comes from the love that the Father and the Son and the creation, you know, the, the, the spirit, the spirit of both the father and the son is a divine third person, but, but one, you know, the, the third person, but not individual. They're all one God is, you know, is, is, is a third person revealed, you know, revealed in that, in that one God. It's a mystery, not three gods. It's one God. The Father is one God, the Son is one God, the second person and the, th and the third person, the Holy Spirit is one God. Now, Muslims get confused about this. Um, many, many people, non-religious people get confused about this. It's a mystery. It's a mystery that we have to accept. All right. Let's begin the reading. Okay, the first reading is from the book of Deuteronomy. It's chapter 4, verse 32, 34, 39 to 40. The Lord is God in the heavens above and on an earth below. There is no other God. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people, ask now of the days of old before your time, ever since God created man upon the earth. Ask from one end of the sky to the other. Did anything so great ever happen before? Was it ever heard of? Did a people ever hear the voice of God speaking 
from the midst of fire, as you did, and live? Or did any God venture to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation by testing, by signs and wonders, by war, with a strong hand and outstretched arm, and by great terror, all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. This is why you must now know and fix in your hearts that the Lord is God in the heavens above and on earth below, and that there is no other. You must keep his statutes and commandments that I enjoin on you today, that you and your children after you may prosper and that you may have long life on the land which the Lord your God is giving you forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So this uh, particular passage is sort of almost like a, a farewell speech, but it's uh, it's basically Moses trying to remind them that they have also a unique relationship with with God, with Adonai, Yahweh. Uh, he says, he makes it right here. Ask yourselves, do you remember your family, your father, your mother, your grandparents telling you stories about any other God that could create the universe? Did you ever hear any ancient tale of this? Uh, It's, you know, it's, you know, there's no such thing. I mean, because usually the stories of the ancient gods, they, either they were created out of something, the God, there's always a story of the birth of the gods, along with the birth of the universe, and also usually a cosmic battle between the gods. And then, you know, somehow like a, the earth, like you hear stories where, like among the uh, Viking stories, like the dome of the sky, the sky that we, the blue sky we look above with the clouds, is the inside dome of a, a, of a giant. And the mountains, the mountains were basically the teeth of a giant, something like that. And the rivers were sort of like, his icy blood because he was a forest giant or something. The Babylonians had something similar that the, there was a battle, a cosmic battle, and that they had also the creation came from the, the leftovers of the dragon, all the earth and everything, you know, it, it's, it's basically, that's how it is. But Moses here is, is trying to tell them that, the, the story that they know, the God that they know created everything out of nothing. Uh, there is no such thing. It, 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 there, there is no, uh, there is no such story, such story that uh, God created everything out of nothing.
that there was nothing before. And now there's something. Uh, that who And whichever people on earth ever heard every in any nation, ever heard the voice of God speaking from the midst of a fire, did and live? Or did any God venture to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation by testing, by signs, by wonders, by war, with a strong hand and outstretched arm and by great terror? And yet he made also a fool of the gods of Egypt. He proved them to be nothing. He humiliated the Egyptians. He humiliated them. He humiliated the sorcerers. He humiliated their Nile. He turned the Nile red blood. And everything stank. He he brought um he brought pestilence upon them, challenging each one of their god, and they did nothing. Even brought darkness, terrified the Egyptians by bringing darkness, and then sent the angel of death, and challenged their god of death. Every single one of them with a challenge to their god, and their god, the gods of Egypt failed. So this is something we have to understand. It was something that God knew how to challenge, not just the gods, but he challenged the concept of the universe, their understanding the way the Egyptians understood it, but also this was also to challenge the Hebrews who had been living with them for 430 years, who were practically pagan themselves. So everything is a challenge. He understood, in a sense, he approached the Egyptians and the Hebrews in their capacity of how they understood the universe psychologically philosophically, culturally, like an anthropologist. He knew the way also the creation story that Moses gives us in the book of Genesis was definitely guided by the Holy Spirit as he basically, the creation story challenges the concept of the gods because the people back then still, even though they came out of Egypt, still held on to some pagan beliefs. He still, you know, it still holds on to it. The incarnation, the coming of Jesus Christ, you will see is the same thing. Jesus referring to himself as son of God was also a challenge to the emperors of Rome. Augustus referred, believed himself to be the son of God. He wasn't the first. Alexander the Great and some other pharaohs and uh, other rulers of the earth wanted to believe that they ruled by divine right and that they were the sons of God. Also, the term good news, whenever there was a battle, the Romans would spread the word uh, evangelium, which means good news. Caesar has won. Now, when, when the early Christians said that there is no other name written under heaven, other name under heaven than any human person can be saved except by the name of Jesus Christ they were using a terminology that the the Greco-Roman world knew 
that only sees that men can only be saved by Caesar, and there is no other name under heaven except Caesar. Jesus Christ was a challenge to their psychology and understanding of the universe. The Romans set when they came over, when they came into power, they set up something that they wanted every other person to know that the only Caesar is God, and only you can be saved by Caesar. Jesus comes around and says, "No, no. You, I am the way, the truth, and the life." And they understood that. All right, let's go on to the Psalms. Also, I should point out in the text of Deuteronomy, uh, what's interesting here is that he says here that like what God, he reminds them what God did for them with the plagues and what he did to them, did for them when they came out of Egypt, how he took care of them, how they also showed no appreciation with the water, the manna from heaven, uh, how he has protected them with the cloud that shaded them from the sun, from the heat of the sun for many years. And that they also didn't take advantage. They, they missed the advantage that they had a relationship that this, that there was no other God on earth that ever did this for anybody. That's what that's, this is also an important thing that we have to remember that the Israelites missed that opportunity many times to, to build on that relationship. They didn't, they did, they took it for granted. They, they had a very, um, I guess you could say selfish attitude and they, an indifference sometimes. Um, you see in the concept of, of the pagan, the gods themselves are selfish. The gods take what they want from what, from whoever they want. And technically gods don't love the way kings don't love their subjects. You know, the kings, you know, you, you love them because you, you're afraid of incurring their wrath. You love the king. So in many ways, the Israelites just didn't see that this God took care of them. No matter how many times they they disappointed him and, and incurred his wrath, he still took care of them. He didn't just walk away. He could have, but he didn't. And this is something that they that Moses has been trying to foster in them, that they had to see him as a loving and merciful God, long, patient, long suffering. And it's something that they that they they failed at times to really comprehend it. Not all of them, but majority of them because of their pagan attitude. Now, one could say maybe it wasn't their fault, but in many cases, they had an opportunity. 40 years, it's a long time to improve on a to to grow in a relationship like a marriage, right? I mean, it's, they just refuse to open their eyes. A few, a few did, a few managed to, but most of the time they just refused. All right, next is Psalm 33. And the response is, blessed are the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Blessed, I'm sorry, blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Upright is the word of the Lord, and all his works are trustworthy. 
He loves justice and right. Of the kindness of the people, the earth is full. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. By the breath of his mouth, all their host. For he spoke and it was made. He commanded and it stood forth. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. See, the eyes of the Lord are upon those who fear him, upon those who hope for his kindness, to deliver them from death and preserve them in spite of famine. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Our soul waits for the Lord, who is our help and our shield. May your kindness, O Lord, be upon us, who have put our hope in you. Blessed be the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Okay, one more time. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Upright is the word of the Lord, and all his works are trustworthy. He loves justice and right. Of the kindness of the Lord, the earth is full. The earth is full. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. By the breath of his mouth and all their hosts. For he spoke and it was made. He commanded and it stood forth. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. See, the eyes of the Lord are upon those who fear him. Upon those who hope for his kindness to deliver them from death, to preserve them in spite of famine. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Our soul waits for the Lord, who is our help and our shield. May your kindness, O Lord, be upon us, who, who have put our hope in you. Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. You know, Psalm 33 um, is definitely trying to kindle that relationship, that that foster to build upon it, to nur to nurture that relationship between God and His people, God and the individual. Upright is the word of the Lord, and all His works are trustworthy. He loves justice and right. Of the kindness of the Lord, of the Lord, the earth is full. Um, one of the interesting things is you don't see that in pagans, in pagan culture. You don't see this great love for justice, for mercy, for uh, for appreciation of life. You don't see that. Um, you know, upright is the word of the Lord. And all his works are trustworthy. The word of God, because God speaks and things come into being. Things that never were are now. And he is the God of all creation. The gods, the God, the, the pagans have gods for almost every single element in life. God of love, God of the harvest, God of rain, right? The God of the trees, the gods of the, gods of the rocks, Right? You got gods and also of the of cattle, 
It could be any of those things. And you have to figure out which one you have to pay attention to. You know, it's like the, each pagan individual has to balance to figure out what their needs are. And that's kind of difficult. But with God, he's the God of all. There are no elementals. There are no lesser deities. He has angels. And the angels are, you know, servants. They serve, they serve the Lord. But he is, there's only one God. And one of the interesting things the Hebrews did, what the Hebrews understood is that they can't make an image of him. Which was hard for them to be understood by other pagan cultures. But you see here, he loves justice and right of the kindness of the Lord. The earth is full. His kindness, his mercy, his, his love, the earth is full. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. You see, by the breath of his mouth, all their host. For he spoke and it was made. He commanded and it stood forth. Interesting in the show, The Chosen, there's a scene where Jesus is talking, the actor Jonathan Ruby playing Christ, is talking to uh, the actor uh, George Zenith. And sort of like bringing John's contemplation and understanding to bring his understanding of God and creation out. The disciple John says, you know, the Greeks you, uh, believe that the word expresses divine reason, gives form and meaning to the universe. And that's true. The, Greek, the, the Greeks believe that the concept of the word, logos, expresses divine reason. And that it brings shape and form and meaning to creation. God spoke. God is divine reason. God is wisdom. And when he speaks, everything comes into shape, takes form, takes, you know, has meaning, has weight, substance. That's, you know, God, that's by the will of God. Okay, uh, then it goes on to, from there. The next uh, verse. See the eyes of the Lord are upon those who fear him, upon those who hope for his kindness, to deliver them from death and preserve them in spite of famine. You know, um, back then, death can come at any moment. Death, you know, just... Your life could be gone in any moment, a child's life. I mean, one of the most fascinating things when you think about it, uh, how the people got through every single day, if they managed to come in without a scratch or a bone broken, you didn't have a hospital to go to back then, didn't have a, a local professional doctor that was trained with some form of medicine. You, you know, it could, a snake a scorpion bite could do it. An infection could begin. A mere small cut can be the end of you. If it's not treated properly, if you don't have the proper medicine, or at least something of a medicine, a form of medicine to treat it. You know, it could happen. Childbirth was a death sentence back then. 
You know, some people, women didn't get the proper nutrients to help them. And it's just, you know, infants, infant mortality was high. Uh, childbirth, death of childbirth was high. It was not, it was not easy life. And you hoped and prayed that God can give, that God can bless you with a long life and give you good health. And that's what people needed. That's why you, you had to foster that relationship. You didn't have, they didn't have modern modern technology. They didn't have any of that. We obviously could see it. We can't comprehend life like that. It's, you know, and one of the things the modern world does, it definitely gets in the way with your relationship with God. Not that everything is bad. It's everything we have is good. And it comes because he gave us the knowledge of it. The problem is, is that when life is comfortable, we think less of God. And then when something goes wrong, we tend to want to blame him because we're selfish. All right, let's move on to the second reading. Okay, second reading uh, from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 14 to 17. You received a spirit of adoption through whom we cry, Abba, Father. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption through whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if only we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One more time. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Uh, chapter 8, verse 14 to 17. You received a spirit of adoption through whom we cry, Abba, Father. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption through whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if only we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, um, how do we understand it personally? What he's saying here? What, what is God saying to us through St. Paul? What is the Holy Spirit saying to us through St. Paul? Okay. Okay, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. It could be translated as children of God. But yes, if we foster that relationship, we foster that relationship. 
we live constantly aware, aware of of our relationship with God. This relationship, we grow, we become, we, we grow and we accustom to God's presence in our lives. Okay, but he said here, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Falling back into that primitive world, a primitive world of the pagan. The primitive world where you don't have a relationship with God. Or that also the world itself is also the world of sin. Because remember, when we sin, our attitudes change. We become slaves to passion. We can become slaves to selfishness. We become slaves to greedy, to greediness, to to sort of almost like a base relationship. I mean, I don't know about you, but pay close, pay close attention to this culture that we live in now. I fall into it, constantly looking at my phone and constantly looking at garbage, constantly looking at images of things that are stupid. And sometimes even I have to say, I mean, I'm looking at stuff that is frivolous, I'm looking at old comic book things, uh, you know, once in a while, yes, image of a pretty girl comes across maybe, and, and it's just so stupid because you're wasting your time. You're looking at stupid Hollywood movie productions or, uh, uh, you know, things that basically they're meant to pay attention. These are, and all these little stuff that we, we often look at and we pay attention to they are our pagan idols. All right? I mean, you know, looking at the latest fashion or looking, chasing after a celebrity or looking at a, a beautiful athlete or anything like that or, or, or any of those things are pagan stuff. Stuff that we worship that doesn't worship, that doesn't love us back in return. And as you have to remember, some things just don't love you back in return. They do not. I mean, a, a Hollywood celebrity is not going to love you. It's no, they don't care. You, they want you to love them. That's, that is, that is basically selfishness. It is basically, you know, people want, they, they look at some, a fantastic athlete or a celebrity that they admire, or they also go after some some something stupid like a a comic book superhero thing. That is your pagan idol. You know, you're looking at things that have put you into slavery. It's a modern form of paganism, and a lot of it has a lot to do with selfishness, a desire not to change. Not to change because you're comfortable where you are, you're comfortable in your in your in 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 your in your selfish position, and when you are in that comfortable position of of selfishness, you are back into hostage with the devil. He thou owns you, not God, 
because your heart is not with God. So your heart is with, you know, in these base elements, the devil knows you're not going to love him directly. No, but he can get you to love something that will pull you away from God. So therefore he has power over you because you don't know it, but you've given yourself over to the devil. That's what, you know, a drug addict does. It's a, it's a, it's a form of demonic possession. Pornography is a form of demonic possession. Drugs, alcohol, um, always worshiping something that may be paying attention to something that is not, that is not good for your soul is a form of it. That's what the form of slavery is that Paul is talking about. A spirit of slavery. To fall back into fear. But you receive what you received is a spirit of adoption through whom we cry, Abba, Father. When we recognize our relationship with Christ, we recognize our relationship with the Father. And we share in that love that the Father and the Son have for each other. And we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And to be, to foster that relationship is to be aware not to let anything get into your way with your relationship with God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To be born again means to leave behind the old world, the old life, and focus on your relationship in the new one in with, with, with God. Through Christ, we have access to the Father, and the Father gives us the gift of the love the Father and the Son have with each other and as the Holy Spirit. That is what the gift of adoption is. That's what Paul is talking about. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if only we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Suffer with him. That's not an easy one. It's not an easy one, but obviously there's an interesting passage. Um, I go back to that show because it does, you know, they do reflect on the, ch the chosen. They do reflect on the Christian life. A woman, a Samaritan woman, uh, not the one, but a family a, fa a Samaritan family that, um, Jesus wanted to show love to and wanted to and use them as an example for his, for his disciples, his students. Um, they brought food for them and the woman asked, the wife asked them, uh, the character of our Lord, the, uh, the, our Lord, if you are the Messiah, she said, my father said the Messiah will heal all things and put an end to suffering and misery. When are you going to do that? And he told her, I'm here to preach the good news, the kingdom. He goes, but in this world, 
bones will still break. Hearts will still break. But the light will overcome the darkness. Well, it's obvious looking at the fact of what happened even after our Lord ascended, right? The apostles were still beaten, flogged, humiliated. Um, Stephen is a good example of of death, of persecution, bones breaking most definitely, and hearts breaking. Persecution and death is still possible, and we still see it. We saw it. If anything, during this shutdown, right, last year, when churches were shut down, let's face it, we were betrayed. We were denied access, and we still, the betrayal is still possible. That's one of the things about this, all this we have to remember, is that God is always going to remind us, stop putting your hope even in your leaders. Even in your leadership. Hate to say it, but that's true. Only those. I think a lot of it was to teach us that lesson. And I think a lot a lot of things are to teach us that. I that we're still living in the world of of selfish people. Even leadership, leadership in the church. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I think that a lot of it is to, a lot of it, we, we're going through a trial. We're going through a trial. I mean, I've been, you know, like, like listening to a lot of stuff on the news about some of the things that have been happening in certain dioceses and everything. And also, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know if you heard about the, this Protestant pastor, this Polish pastor, a uh, Protestant in Canada was arrested for 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 um for opening his church we have to remember even america may not be forever there have been many many nations that have been risen that have risen up and disappeared off the off the off of history america is not unique i know a lot of people want to think it is but it's not our attitude is just the same as any other nation about the, the people when they love their nation. Kingdoms, everything. We have to remember that our king is Christ. And our hope is to reach the kingdom of heaven, to be with our Lord, to spend the rest of our, our, our eternity with him. That we are heirs to that kingdom we often forget that we often i think read as americans we read scripture as a form of encouragement like self-help it's not a self-help book it's a real relationship with christ and how we treat our relationship how we foster and nurture that relationship if we are in sin and we receiving the body and blood of christ the eucharist the real presence of our Lord into our lives, where we are selfish and hold, and hold on to sin, filth, then we are endangering our relationship with him. We don't really have a relationship 
we are basically betraying him. And we have to remember that. That's why we have to suffer. When we suffer, it says here, the last part, and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if only we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Some of us will have to go through a, a passion. Some of us will have to go through that. And in, that only happens when you really truly have a relationship with him. That we have to endure pain and suffering. All right, let's go on to the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia. Glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. To God who is, who was, and who is to come. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter uh, 28, 16 to 20. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they all saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. A reading from the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Glory to you, Lord. Okay, one more time. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they all saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. <laughs> Gospel of the Lord. Well, this here definitely uh, shows you that the Trinity is there, but the name Trinity is not in there. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, um, it's a name. It's something that we have to title it, right, in order to explain it. Um, you hear some, uh, like especially Jehovah Witnesses, they love to, uh, point that out use this little tidbit and it's a i have to admit it's a clever smart little way of of arguing something but we give the the term new testament or or about the word bible right the word bible is not in the bible it's uh, we we call the collection of all the books 
the Bible. We could use the term scriptures, right? We refer to the New Testament, right? But it's because Jesus himself, I give you a new covenant, a new commandment. Well, it doesn't, you know, I think the problem is, is that it's a way of trying to win a game. It's like trying to, who can outsmart the other person and prove, prove, prove to them that they're wrong. It's a silly, it's a silly thing. And I think it's silly to, to use arguments like this. Um, but here, I, I noticed something that stood out to me. When they all saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. <laughs> it's interesting that it says that. Matthew wrote that in there. They worshipped, but they doubted. It, they worshipped and they died. That stood that that stood out to me. It always does. Whenever I read Matthew, and you get to this part here, it grabs it grabs your your attention. It's it stands out glaringly from all the others from the whole from that whole paragraph. They came to the mountain, which they, Jesus had ordered them. When they all saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Doubted what? Doubted the resurrection? Doubted it was really him? Doubted that this all this is really happening? What did they doubt? But notice it just, it completely dismisses it. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of age. End of the age. What did they doubt? And why the text dismisses it? It's, I'm not saying that. What is interesting is, let's be honest. Don't we all doubt? Don't we all question? It's a very human thing, really, when you think about it. It's a very human thing. And it's very honest. It's very honest. I mean, think about it. We all go through it. Every single one of us. That's one thing about the Gospels. It's extremely extremely transparent. It does not, unlike other religions, it does not overlook the human person's condition. When they, when Mary Magdalene saw him and she went back and she told them, they didn't believe her. 
right? They didn't believe her. When when Jesus came down from the transfiguration, when Moses and Elijah just appeared, what was the first thing that we encounter? We encounter the apostles trying to perform an exorcism on a boy and it was failing. And then Jesus himself getting frustrated and angry with them. And then they, and he 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 gets rid of the demon. And then they ask him, how come we couldn't do it? And he tells them because it takes time. It takes faith, prayer, and fasting. You know, an exorcist, not everybody can be an exorcist, which is true. Not everybody has that in them. But the human condition. And then when he appeared to them, they still couldn't believe that it was him, right? They can't, he, can't, he just appeared in their mists. And it was him, but they doubted. Stop believing, touch and see. Thomas, naturally, you know, we're all Thomas, technically. But even after all this, after all this, they go to Galilee and they doubt it. It, it really stick it, it sticks at you that 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 word I can't help but get back to it it's like a bump on that road that you remember that big pothole that just doesn't doesn't want to disappear but it's there and it, it, it's it's very much honest it's he Jesus seems to just ignore it because think about it they doubt but they still want to be there they doubt and they're still listening to him. They hear what he's saying. They're not leaving mountain. They came to the mountain. They came to the place where Jesus ordered them. They came. They still obeyed. They still heard. They still want to be there. And maybe in most cases we have to remember some doubt is, is, is not entirely a lack of faith because a lot of people will still come to church. A lot of people will still come to, to shrines. A lot of people will still go to Lourdes. A lot of people will still go to pilgrimage to Jerusalem. A lot of people will still receive the Eucharist. Because even though there's doubt that all this is true, there's still love and there's still a desire to believe. They're still struggling. Pain, suffering, all these things are still going to be part of the crosses we have to bear. Right? I mean, someone goes through a health problem and, you know, there are people with legitimate reasons to be angry with God. One could say from a human perspective, when a child gets sick, cancer, pain, um, you know, it's um, a lot of things, a lot of things that we can't we can't get rid of. You know, 
like me, ringing in my ears. Uh, some tinnitus that seemed to have developed is driving me crazy, but it's not, it doesn't stop me from believing, right? It doesn't stop you. A person, you know, has problems, financial problems, a lot of people with financial problems, bills, 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 and more bills keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And you, and you, and some people feel like they're never going to get through. And it's, you know, and, and you, you know, you don't want to get up in the morning. You just want to remain in bed, but you have to, you have to, it's faith. Faith is, is one of those things that we need. We doubt, but it's still faith. It doesn't mean that we don't have faith. It just means that we want to believe. We need to believe. Our problems are not entirely solved. Let's put it that way. The apostles, their problems weren't entirely solved. It wasn't all a picnic. The gospels show us that it wasn't all a picnic. It just doesn't go into details because it doesn't it doesn't go off the topic right James and John were selfish they wanted to believe that they were more better than anybody else they were John keeps saying he loved me the most what about Matthew didn't he call Matthew what about Mary Magdalene he called Mary Magdalene what about Simon Peter he called him Right? It's, and even Judas. We know he loved Judas. Didn't change who Judas, you know, Judas was. He was going to be a, tra a traitor. Didn't, tra didn't change Judas. It's up to Judas. It's up to Judas and what, who Judas wanted to be. We all go through that. And yet, he says here in the end, I am with you always until the end of the age. Emmanuel, God with us. We have him on the altar of the Blessed Sacrament, the Eucharist. We have him in our daily lives. We have him in our prayers. We have him in our rosaries. We have him in our novenas. We have him in our scriptures. We have him in every moment in our lives. And we, we still struggle, but we still we still love him and he's and he always loves us let's go on to the um the other prayers all right let's um let's say a little prayer a prayer for um and just intercede for people let's pray for um for the people in our lives uh, like our friends, father, mother, uh, siblings. Pray for uh, people we know personally that have problems. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Let's also pray for uh, people going through uh, health problems, maybe uh, people going through uh, financial difficulties as well. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. So, so pray for, um, pray for those uh, who we want to convert. We're praying for their conversion, uh, family members, friends, loved personal loved ones. Um, you know, pray for for people to come to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Go also pray for our country, uh, for the leadership, um, for the financial difficulties going around. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Okay, so let's uh, say in our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men, for our salvation, he came down from heaven. And by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. He rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins and look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. All right, so, um, so uh, we should really, I mean, when we read the scriptures, just take your time. It's not, you know, you're not being, you're not being asked to be a uh, a scholar. The scriptures are meant to speak to each one of us personally, as well as collectively. It's got, you know. The scriptures are not like pinpointed to one to one source in time. It's there's a lot of different layers and meanings to them. A lot of different layers and meanings, and there's different ways each person can grab can take something and go go away with it. Says something personally to you that God spoke to you. He speaks to all of us individually and personally, and. You know, that's the way he wanted it. That's why he gave us a Bible. The problem is, I think, is that 
we need to like, I guess you can say, listen. And I think the problem is a lot of us, you know, we don't listen and, you know, we maybe because we're scared, we're scared of whatever changes we're going through. So let's, you know, let's have that faith and believe and know that God does speak to us individually and personally. Okay. So, um, and let's end it here and, uh, I'll be back with another episode soon. God bless.